Welcome to Peer Into Recovery, a podcast with a focus on the profession of peer support. For more information about how to subscribe, please visit our website at www.vprsn.org. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I am your host, Danielle Donaldson. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking with Carla Heath about her work as Lead Regional Peer Recovery Specialist Coordinator for Region 4. Carla has 15 years of experience in the peer support field, developing, providing, and overseeing peer services. Her experience and skills acquired in serving as a co-founder and executive director of a nonprofit center, combined with her work at community service boards, gives her a unique perspective regarding peer and recovery-oriented services. She is a peer recovery specialist trainer, a certified personal medicine coach trainer, an ECPR trainer, an ethics facilitator, a mentorship trainer, and a RAP facilitator trainer. She has conducted numerous workshops at conferences and has given keynote addresses. Carla's story has been told in the book Firewalkers, as well as in articles in Richmond Style Weekly and the Chesterfield Observer. She was honored to be part of a segment on ABC News regarding recovery from mental health challenges. Hi, Carla. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Danielle. And thank you uh, for coming on the podcast today to talk about your work as a regional peer recovery specialist coordinator. Um, I'm excited to learn more about what you do uh, in that in that uh, position. So let's let's get to it. Um, I know you've been working as a peer support professional for a long time. So could you just share with the audience what inspired you to go from from peer to peer recovery specialist? Yes. Um- I had had an eight-month episode where I was out of touch with reality. I had kind of recovered from that, but I felt like my life was kind of like at a dead end. Um, I was asked to tell my story at a NAMI family-to-family meeting. And during that process, I realized how far I had come in my recovery. And the facilitator of that group said I should be working with my peers. I had never heard of a peer before. I'd never heard that word. So I went home and I did a search on peer trainings and I found out about Kelt. And that really changed my life. Um, And it was meeting other people who were open about their stories and seeing what they were doing that I kind of began to dream again about what was possible for me. And I always felt like what I went through was for a reason. So that's kind of what inspired me to get involved in peer support because of the difference it made in my life. Yeah, and I think that's a a very common kind of connection for a lot of peer specialists because I can very relate to that story. I I had a similar experience where I had never really heard of peer support, but uh, once you hear about it uh, and you realize what a difference it made in your own life, um, it really inspires you to go on and try to help others as well. So just just for uh, those who don't know what Kelt is, would you explain what that is? the consumer empowerment leadership training and i went to what was one of the first kelp 
um, classes, from what I understand, it was the, the launch of KELT. Um, and it helped people identify needs and how to address them. That was one of the things that happened at that training. Um, it was quite some time ago, so I can't remember uh, what else was um included in that training, but that's what really stuck with me is identifying needs and, you know, formulating a plan to address them. And we actually did that in that class. So um, how soon after you attended Kelt did you go on to, um, so I know you that you were instrumental in the creation of Friends for Recovery. Um it was Kelt something that insp- led you to that, or how did you, how did you get involved with that? Oh yes, um, that's the need I identified with. There wasn't any support out there for people that had my particular diagnosis, so I wanted a group that anybody could attend um, that had experienced mental health challenges, regardless of whether they had a diagnosis or not. So what I did, I found out about a few other things. I found out about the RAP, Wellness Recovery Action Plan, and I found out about VOCAL. Mm-hmm. And um, I started volunteering at VOCAL, and then I took a RAP group, and the facilitator there um, had been gathering a list of people's names who wanted to attend a support group. So um, I guess it was a few months after I had finished RAP. I met with a few of my peers and we started Friends for Recovery, the support group. And we got a small grant for $1,000 and we met for two years as a support group every other Friday. So well, that's it, pretty amazing though, to have a support group grow into a full-blown peer, uh, peer-run center. Yeah, it was a really special time um, when when that happened. It was a really special time for me. Well, and it's just um, kind of a, 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 I don't know the words I'm looking for here, but the, the fact that Friends for Recovery, you know, is still out there um, helping people, uh, you know, that it's still in existence, I think is is also super special as well. Yes. So uh, you now work um, as a regional coordinator for Region 4. Um, what does that work look like? I'm, I'm One of the things we're trying to highlight on this podcast is all the different ways that people can uh, act as a peer support provider, all the different roles that they can play. So what is what does your role look like now uh, as regional coordinator? Well, six years ago, I started in this position, and we started by gathering data on the peer workforce in our region, and then we were assisting people with achieving their PRS certification status, and we would also bring peer recovery specialists and supervisors together for educational sessions and team building activities. Um, We would host an annual collaborations recovery conference. And pre-COVID, we had 400 attendees at that that conference. Mm -hmm. Um, We look forward to when we can 
have a large conference again. Um, and the Collaborations Recovery Conference is peers receiving services, peer recovery specialists, and clinicians. And I was a part of the second um, annual conference and have been a part of it ever since. It's a part of my job to host the work group that puts that conference online. Um, there's some other things we do. Um, we offer guidance to CSB leadership regarding peer services. And we started out doing the peer recovery specialist training and the RAP training. Um, I've trained 50 peer recovery specialists since I've been on this job. Wow. So that was our start six years ago. Um, but now we have expanded significantly. So now we offer the other trainings you had mentioned in the introduction, the certified mm -hmm. personal medicine coaching, the ECPR, the ethics, and the mentorship training. So do you work primarily um, with peer recovery specialists uh, and and I guess clinicians, clinicians as well uh, within the community service book community services boards in region four or do you work um with community agencies as well how do, what does that look like okay i primarily work for the csb system so i work with the peer specialists and clinicians there but we also partner with our community um members. If we have openings and trainings, we will offer them to some of our community members. And community members are a big part of our planning for the conference. So um, we do partner with, we do have community partners that are peer organizations. So is most of your day-to-day -day actually just holding these trainings and workshops, or are there other things that you do to fill your time? Yes, it varies. I will get a lot of emails from CSB leadership asking questions about peer services. Um, they'll want to know maybe like who's billing for peer support across Virginia or where can they find a peer supporter who is a veteran. So I'll kind of link them together. They'll want to know um, things like, is there another experienced um, peer working in a certain department that a peer from their department can talk to? So we kind of connect people across the region and across the state. Um, we are also developing the Peer Academy and Internship Program, and that is going to be um, launched in January. We have people go through all of the trainings over a six-month period or until they get their 500 hours. Um, I'm sorry, seven people, one at each CSB. Okay. Um, and we have paid internship positions. So one intern will be placed at each of the CSBs in Region 4. And we'll offer guidance and supervision um, to the peer specialist and do all the coordinating of the internship at the CS individual CSB. 
Oh, that sounds like an excellent program. Is this a, is this a pilot or is this um is this already been piloted? <laughs> it, it's a pilot. I'm okay. really excited about it. We expect it to continue every year. It was part of the STEP VA funding for building peer services. Mm-hmm. And we also are doing family support partners as well. So we're working on helping develop the family support partner workforce and supporting um, the CSBs and the family support partners. Well, that sounds like an, I mean, that, that's a much needed, um, uh, program. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see that take off. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, we currently have 76 peer recovery specialists in region four with at least eight more openings, um, for jobs across the region. So the peer workforce is really growing, um, rapidly, I feel, in um, Region 4. Yeah, well, that's great that, that you guys are building supports for that. Um, you know, it's such a new profession, and uh, we're still trying to work out some kinks. So it sounds like uh, this is one step in that, uh, in that uh, trajectory, I guess. Yeah, and we've tried to make it a collaborative process with the peers and their supervisors. So we used to host quarterly meetings with peers and their supervisors, as I said, and that's what helped us develop some things to get us started, like our vision and values for the region. So uh, just to shift a little bit, because I know you've got You've got a lot of broad experience in the peer support field here in Virginia, and so I know you've worked in a peer-run center and you've worked at a CSB. Um, How does your current work differ um, from offering one-to-one peer support? Um, we don't do direct support with individuals, but we do, I do call on my previous experience to help me mentor peer recovery specialists. In this job, we do more program development, like the mentorship program and the peer academy, and we really try to support the peers who are on the ground doing the work. And, and I can relate to that um, since I, I do similar work myself. Um, but I think it's important for, for people out there that might be interested in the profession to know that um, even if one-on-one peer support isn't really what you're best suited to, that there's other ways to provide peer support, even if it's not direct one-on-one. Um, so I, I, I appreciate you. Um, you know, creating the programs and, and, and helping provide resources and connections for people. Yeah. And it also creates a career ladder for peer specialists that they can, you know, advance to becoming a coordinator. It's my hope that at the CSBs that they'll begin to have lead peer specialists Mm -hmm. at each CSB who can, you know, who we can coordinate um, our services with. Well, and that's an important topic, I think, is is uh, creating that uh, career ladder because, uh, like we've talked about, it's relatively new um, profession, so to speak, and uh, 
those are some of the things that we'll have to develop over time. Uh, but I'm, I've always been a big, strong proponent of, you know, uh, doing the work ourselves. So um, I, I, I love it when I see, you know, peer support spe specialists developing programs for peer support specialists. Oh, yeah, it's really exciting. And they're also having other coordinator positions across the state now, which is exciting. Other areas are getting coordinators. Well, on, on that note, then, um, let me ask you, um, are there any particular challenges you've faced as a regional coordinator? Um, you know, I imagine people that will be filling these roles um, could, could benefit from your experience. Yeah, people are busy, and that is a challenge. Um, it's a challenge keeping up with the database because peers, they'll hire new peers or peers may change jobs. So that's always kind of fluctuating a little bit. And also finding a time when peer specialists and supervisors can get together has been a challenge because we, we talk to the peer specialists on a pretty regular basis and they are busy on their jobs. They are definitely doing a lot of meaningful work and um, have very busy days. Yeah, it's always hard when you're trying to uh, herd cats, I guess, you know, and like you said, everybody's got a busy schedule. So finding that one day and time where everybody has a free, you know, some free time is always difficult. Is there um, any challenges? Uh, you know, I, I live in Southwest Virginia. Um, so this state can be, um, you know, we can be scattered pretty far uh between. Is there any challenges just with the logistics of, of being spread out? Well, the good thing about COVID has been Zoom <laughs> and that we are starting to use Zoom. So that has helped a lot. Um, as far as I used to travel a lot to the different locations and we go from, yeah, it is quite a range. We go from Amelia, Farmville area, Powerland, Powertan, Goochland, Richmond, Henrico, Chesterfield, Hanover. Yeah. So we cover in Petersburg area. So we do cover a wide area. Um, I used to enjoy, you know, traveling to the different CSBs and touching base with new peers, the specialists that are onboarded. But that has changed with, with COVID and we are utilizing Zoom more. It is nice to see some more technology um, get into it because, you know, that is one of the challenges I've noticed down here is that in a rural area, uh, travel is difficult sometimes. So, and not that getting on the internet can't be just difficult sometimes. That 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 is certainly the case as well. But I, I think um, having more technology enter into the profession is uh, giving us some flexibility. That's right. It is. Yes. So kind of on that note, I guess, um, you know, because you have been involved in the field for so long, um, you know, you've probably seen a lot of changes in the profession and how it's been um, practiced. Uh, what do you see maybe for uh, the profession in the future? How do you see it developing over time based on what you've seen so far? 
I see that the CSBs in our area are open to eventually having a lead peer. And I hope that will lead to having peers in every department because I don't know who could who would not benefit from peer support. It's such a empowering and strengths based and connecting um, relationship or way of working with people. So I feel like peers are needed in every department, and we need to have peer respite. Um, I think that would really help with hospital diversion, which is an important issue. Um, So I hope that moving forward, we do see that developing in Virginia um, and peers will be more involved in diverting people from the state hospital and other hospitals. Uh, can I ask you, I guess, back up just slightly um, again for for those that maybe are not yet working in the field but want to get involved? What, uh, how would, how do you imagine a lead peer specialist uh, would work in an agency? What what do you think that would look like? I think they would offer support and also. Um, uh, form of all the peer specialists meeting together at that agency, individual agency, mm-hmm. and looking at recovery-oriented services. I think that could be one of a lead peer's roles, as well as working with um, our positions as regional coordinator and coordinating activities um, where we could work together to help build the peer workforce and build recovery-oriented systems of care. Uh, What type of um, experience would you think someone would need to to serve in a role like that? Is it, do you think it's just a matter of, you know, time? or do you think that there's particular trainings uh, if someone was interested in a role like that, that they, that they could focus on? I think the trainings would be, um, it would be good for them to have all of the trainings so they have an understanding and a knowledge of them and can um, encourage the peers at their agency to become trained. I think a lead peer, it would be good if they had... Um, some type of um, supervisory experience or, or development in that area. I know we have the Recovery Leadership Academy. The state has launched once, but that would be a good place for a lead peer to um, receive more skills and guidance. Do you, do you know much about that? Is there anything you can share about just what that is, what the, the Peer Leadership Academy is? I went through the Recovery Leadership Academy, and you're paired with a mentor, and you develop your own unique leadership plan. You also, as a group, um, develop a white paper on... Uh, my group did one on peer respites. Okay. Um, so it, it's a really comprehensive, um, leadership academy. You also, um, 
meet and are go over different topics like leadership style. Um, you take an emotional intelligence quiz um, and you get your own plan around that as well as the emotional intelligence um, 2.0 book. They do the Myers-Briggs test, mm -hmm. personality test. If you haven't had that done, that's interesting to see the results of that. So it's a really comprehensive training. And I think, I think a lead peer would benefit from going through that because they would be stepping into a leadership role. Do you know if that's something that will be ongoing? It will be. I'm not sure when the next one is going to be, but um, someone could check with this um, DBHDS um, to find that out. And, and that's the Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Services here in Virginia. That's correct. Check with the Office of Recovery Services. So you've I, you shared a, a wealth of, of resources already, but uh, do you have any um, recommendations or suggestions for people that would be interested in doing this type of work? Yes, um, I do. I've thought about this with the new positions coming out and some of the things I did when we first got started, which was build a database. Um, we did a survey to assess the needs in our area um, we developed a vision and values, and those are in the CPRS booklet that um, I sent um, for you to share with this podcast. Um, and develop a work plan based on your unique needs in that area, like Southwest Virginia would have different needs than we may have in Region 4. Mm -hmm. um, so establish relationships at your CSB with your peer recovery specialist and clinicians. Um, identify your recovery champions. Share success stories. Another thing we do in this position is attend community and stakeholder meetings. Mm. And lastly, there is so much to do. Um, in these positions, it requires a lot of focus and organizational skills. Um, it's like kind of like juggling. <laughs> you, you're always switching gears and working on different different things in this position. So it's it's really important to you know pace yourself and remember self care. Mm -hmm. um, also, and if you're taking on one of these roles. And yes, and thank you for, for bringing up the, the, the resources that you emailed me. I will be including those in the show notes for this episode so people will be able to access those. Um, they're, they're, they're really helpful, I think, uh, and you did a great job with that. Oh, thank you. So do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I don't. Um, be sure to check out our YouTube link, though. We have a lot of um, that we're sharing. Um, you can see some past recovery events we've had on Zoom um, because of COVID and not being able to do the recovery conference. We wanted to have something, so check that out. Okay. And um, I really appreciate your, your time and you highlighting this position. Um, peer support 
is a passion of mine, and it has been since I got started in this field that we see this field grow. Yeah, it has changed so much in such a short period of time. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you, Carla, for the work you do and for joining me today. And thank you for listening to the Peer into Recovery podcast brought to you by the Virginia Peer Peer Recovery Specialist Network and Mental Health America, Virginia. And if you like our show and would like to subscribe to the podcast, please visit our website at www.bprsn.org. And please leave us a review on iTunes. Take good care of yourselves. 